Hello again, everyone. Welcome to Kicks and Dribbles. I'm Dan McClay, where every week we talk about world football, world soccer, if you're in the United States, o jogo bonito, as they say in Brazil. Welcome to the show, and we got some great news to start out with. This has been a great uh, Saturday or Sunday of this past week, uh, if you want to look at the United States and what they did. Okay, they went up against Trinidad, and they won 7 to nothing. That's the good news. But let's, let, let's step back and look at the game from another perspective. This was not Trinidad's top international team okay this two or three superstar two uh, stars i should say from the trinidad team and then uh some guys from uh, teams around trinidad to help make up the squad now the united states team was made up mainly of guys from the united states because of the covid travel restrictions and all that so uh in in hindsight this is a great victory for the united states but what i was very impressed with were two things the ball movement and the creativity by the front line. These guys were constantly moving when the ball came into the attack zone, and this is what you need. When you have the ball coming into the attack zone, especially with a midfielder leading the spearheaded attack, you've got to have those guys up front running their cross patterns so that they can get the defense on their heels. And these guys were doing a great job. Understand that Trinidad has one very big asset, and that is speed. And when you have speed, you can offset a lack of uh, technical ability, uh, for lack of a better word. So Trinidad has the speed, and when you get speed on their heels on defense, then you can take advantage of the situation. Trinidad did not clear the ball very well. Two or three of the goals for the United States were on rebounds because the goalie was so busy that he could uh, barely sometimes even uh, – get a hand on the ball. Sometimes I believe he blocked two or three shots with his knee. So um, it was a, it was a great effort by the United States. They outshot Trinidad 19 to two in total shots. Um, we had Jonathan Lewis with two goals, an amazing player uh, played up front. He was just all over the place uh, in that attack zone. And he was just uh, dishing the ball. He was making smart passes. He was making creative runs. Really impressed with Jonathan Lewis. Jesus Ferreira, also a great game, just all over the place, doing everything that was asked of him and more. Two goals also. Paul Ariola, excellent effort, two goals as well. Then Miles Robinson gets one to add on to the scoring. Max Turner, the goalkeeper for the United States. What a game he played. Great story. Here's a guy who didn't even think about playing football until he was like in high school and he was playing baseball. And then he decided to go ahead and try out and, and see if maybe he couldn't get into to soccer, as you want to call it. And uh, next thing you know, he's playing in the New England uh, Revolution Academy. And then Sunday night, this past Sunday night, he's on the field for his country uh, playing goalie. Amazing, amazing story. He stopped a penalty kick late in the game. The score was already 7 nothing. It was a penalty called against the United States. Max Turner stopped it. <laughs> And, and as far as I'm concerned, uh, that's that, that's great because he kept the clean sheet and uh, shows a lot of determination and spirit. Uh, overall, a great effort by the United States. Good ball uh, movement, good passing, sharp passing in the midfield. Uh, they did get themselves on the ropes a couple of times with uh, Trinidad's offense down there in the zone, but they were able to clear the ball. Great little triangular movement by the, by the uh, United States to get the ball out of the zone and out of danger. Uh, very impressed with the headiness of the defense. One thing you have to understand when you're playing, when you come up against a team that you're supposed 
to beat, and they were supposed to beat Trinidad. You have to do two things when the, when the game starts. Number one, you have to get the first goal. That is so important. When you get that first goal, we got the first goal of the game in, in like two minutes. So that really helped tremendously. Another thing you have to understand is you need to set the pace for the game from the very get-go. Now, Trinidad tried to set the pace at the first minute. They took the ball away after the kickoff, and the ball was down in the United States defensive zone. Trinidad was pressing, but the United States made some good passes, kept their heads on straight, did not panic, and got the ball down the field and eventually scored. So those, those were two things accomplished, but you must set the pace for the game. Trinidad, of course, with all their speed, is going to try to just run you out of the stadium. But the United States was a little bit smarter. The United States has a little more technical ability. This came into a big uh, situation, a, a situation where they were able to get out of that um, sort of like corner that maybe Trinidad could have gotten them into. So the uh, United States played very, very smart, really hats off to Greg Berhalter and his staff. Uh, it's been a great training camp. There are more games coming. Uh, this will be a very busy year for the United States because, of course, we've got the World Cup next year in Qatar. And these guys have got to be ready. The European guys, the United States uh, guys in Europe, are doing super, super well. Um, Wesley McKinnon doing a fabulous job with Juventus. As a matter of fact, they're going to sign him permanently because they're so impressed with him. Uh, Zerginho Dest doing a great job at Barcelona. Uh, the list goes on and on. How about Hio Reyna there at Dortmund? Him and Eric Holland, the guy from Norway, working side-by-side uh, side up there on that front line. Whew, I tell you what, if I was a goalie, I would be scared to death <laughs> face Hugh Arena and uh, Erling Holland in a game. So uh, overall, the United States situation in world football, as far as a team is concerned, is looking absolutely very, very strong. And I'm just, you're almost tingling with excitement to see what this team could do. Now, understand, we have got to go up against Panama. We've got to go up against Mexico. And we've got to go up against a couple other teams in CONCACAF in order to establish our dominancy. We can dominate CONCACAF with what we've got. But we need to keep our heads on straight. We need to know what we're doing. We need to understand what we're doing. And as long as we keep the good passing going and the creativity going up in the front line, it is just, it, it's our, we, we, we can name our destiny, basically. So uh, when we get to Cutter, notice I say when, not if, but when we get to Cutter, we're going to be up against some teams that are really, really sharp. Like, look at Germany. Look at France. Uh, look at um, the Italians are looking very, very good this year. Uh, the Spaniards are always very sharp. If we get up against some of these teams, we're going to have to play our A-plus game. We cannot be intimidated. Uh, we've just got to go out and do what we can do. And if we can do what, what we did against Trinidad, but even do it better, then we have got a real chance to make some inroads into world soccer. That's the bottom line. Very good. United States 7, Trinidad nothing. A great victory. Let's uh, think about it for a few minutes, enjoy it, and then let's get back to work and uh, make ourselves just that little bit much more better. Okay, other news from around world football. David Moyes, uh, head coach at West Ham, he's gotten some more help for uh, goal scoring with the Hammers. Uh, Jesse Lingard has been moved from Man U to the uh, Hammers. Uh, it's a loan deal. Uh, I think it's a six-month loan deal, if I read it correctly. Trust me, David knows what to do with Lingard. Lingard's a talented, talented footballer, uh, and uh, he will be uh, he will be helping the Hammers uh, make a move, and they're making a move right now. We will go over the standings, as we always do in a few minutes, 
and you'll see how the hammers are doing. Uh, in the last six weeks, uh, let's step back and kind of take a look at what's been going on in European football specifically. The last six weeks have been, to say the least, kind of out of the ordinary. Uh, Ronaldo gets a red card. Messi got a red card. Liverpool shut out at home by Burnley? Yeah, that's right, Burnley. And now number one, Man U, beating that Old Trafford by, are you ready for this? The last place team in the EPL, Sheffield United. <laughs> what is going on? Has the moon not aligned with Mars or uh, is uh, Venus uh, cl moving closer to the sun? Or, you know, what's the deal? Okay. Uh, Ibrahimovic has gotten a red card at uh, AC Milan. He got into a, a little, you know, nose-to-nose -nose confrontation with Lukaku from Inter Milan. Now, listen, I know Ibrahimovic is a big guy, but you know what? As tall as Ibrahimovic is, Lukaku is wide. Yeah, Lukaku's a big, big man, okay? and But a great football player. Great. I mean, this guy's got a touch like you can't believe. But to get into a nose-to-nose -nose confrontation with Lukaku, mm, come on now. So I, I don't know what's next, but I'll, I'll tell you what I'll tell you what else we got. What else we got going on? Yeah, uh, you want you want to talk about weird stuff? Real Madrid, okay, is out of the Copa del Rey in Spain, but you're not going to believe the team that eliminated them. <laughs> this team is called Alcoyano. They play on the suburbs of Valencia over there on the east coast of Spain. They have an operating budget of a little under one million dollars a year. Now, what's the operating budget of Real Madrid? Well, I'm thinking, what, up in the 100 millions? Okay. Alcoyano, third uh, third division, okay, uh, Spanish soccer. Good team, some good uh, some good potential players there. Extra time match with Real Madrid, 45 fouls called in the game. Yeah, you heard right, 45 fouls. That referee should ask for, uh, like, uh, extra compensation or something, extra – no, they don't use the Peseta anymore, extra euros uh, for uh, for what this game was. My goodness. Real Madrid, 9-3 in corner kicks, 11-3 in shots on target. Alcoyano wins 2-1 to one in extra time. Unbelievable. So Real Madrid is, like, out of uh, the uh, Copa del Rey by a third – division team. Now, just to uh, now just to give you an, an idea of, uh, of Alcoyano, Alcoyano then went up against, <laughs> they went up against Atletico Bilbao, not an easy opponent in the next round, and they lost two to one. So uh, Real, uh, Alcoyano is out of Copa del Rey, but Atletico Bilbao goes on. And let me tell you what, keep an eye on them. They may just take Copa del Rey altogether. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Now, understand that also Real Madrid lost in league action to middle of the table Levante 2-1 to one this past Saturday. So Zidane's got himself a little bit of a situation, okay? Now, I'm sure he's not chugging Maalox at this point, but uh, he may be having like a, a case of it brought in and put it on the side wall of the office for, for easy reaching purposes, Okay. Um, this is this is a very uh, panicky type of situation for Real Madrid fans because their team all of a sudden is like you know you know down in the dumps all of a sudden and uh, -uh we can't have this. So let's see what happens. Let's see where it all goes. Uh, Zidane is smart enough to figure out how to move the team and get them motivated. Okay, I have all the confidence in the world in him. So 
Keep your eye on Real Madrid. Things could get interesting going down here in the next month or so. Um, in the meantime, Barcelona, <laughs> the ultimate rival, has moved into the quarterfinals of Copa del Rey. Uh, Messi with a goal after saving his, uh, he served his red card suspension. Okay, remember that. And so now you know, he gets into the Copa del Rey and leads Barcelona to a victory there to keep them alive into the quarterfinals. Then he got goal number 650 of his career against Atletico Bilbao this past Sunday uh, as they played in league action. Um, another thing we want to talk about is Kepin Diata. Now, Kepin Diata is from Senegal. Uh, he is an amazing uh, talent. He's got great speed. And like most of the Senegalese team, they're going to make some noise in the World Cup, I guarantee you, in Qatar. Senegal will be a team to watch. Okay, he is coming from Club Bruges, which is one of the top clubs there in Belgium, and he's going to go to Monaco. Hmm, that's going to help Monaco, I guarantee you, and they are making a move in Ligue 1. Okay, contract good through 2025. So, yeah, um, Monaco's serious about this guy, and uh, he's going to make some, uh, he's going to make some, uh, make some things happen. All right, um, another thing we need to talk about, Harry Kane. Uh, over there at Leicester uh, City, or rather at the Tottenham. Uh, Harry Kane held out of the Spurs game against the Seagulls of Brighton. And so what happened? Tottenham lost to Brighton. What is going on? What is going on? Uh, Harry had a ankle injury occur during the uh, game against Liverpool. This uh, That was uh, like last week. And so uh, Spurs looked somewhat disorganized because Harry Kane is a go-to guy. If you've got Harry up front and you're looking around and you say, hey, there's Harry, okay, I'll get him the ball. And, you know, pretty much things are taken care of. Well, Harry wasn't there. Uh-oh. So what you've got to do in this situation as a team is that you've got to realize that your go-to guy is not there and you have got to understand that more passing is needed and you get to you have to use your creativity to get things done. So – uh, hopefully the Spurs won't be without Kane for too long, but I, I, I guarantee you Josie Mourinho is not going to let the Spurs team run around lost uh, on the field without their, super, without their uh, superstar up front. So uh, Harry Kane should be back hopefully in, the, in a few games. They haven't said exactly how serious that injury is, but anything with the ankle you've got to be careful with and make sure that you don't rush uh, a return just because you need him out there. Very good. Let's take a look now at the leagues around the world. Um, the Mexico League is uh, interesting as they have started off their new uh, season. Santos of Torreon, Mexico. Santos Laguna, currently in first place with eight points, as well as Club Tijuana. So uh, those two teams are sharing a top spot with eight points. Toluca is in uh, third place with seven points. Now, the thing about Toluca, they have eight goals in like three games. This is just, like, amazing, okay? So Toluca's in third place, but they've already, already got eight goals, so they may amass a pretty good number of goals by the time this is all over toward the, the middle or end of May. America is next with seven points, and then Tigres from Monterrey, seven points. That's your top five in the Mexican League. Scottish League, we just want to check in on that every once in a while, and I'll tell you what, Rangers is making an absolute mockery of the SPL. Rangers out of Glasgow, 66 goals in 26 games. 
that that that's just head boggling. Uh, I, it, I I can't even comprehend that. Uh, Seventy two points for Rangers, first place. Celtic is in second place with forty nine points. Aberdeen trying to keep pace somehow. Uh, third place with forty four. Then Hibernian with forty three and Livingston with thirty six. Rangers is looking to be a very very tough team. If Rangers can just get the uh, kind of get the nerves out of them when they go play Europa League uh, type uh, or Champions League type uh, situation. Uh, they could be a dangerous team on the world soccer radar. EPL, Man City, 44 points. Man U, 41 points. Okay, now, again, I talked about this last week. The Man United coach, old gunner, great guy, very quiet. But everybody was, you know, complaining five, six weeks ago. Oh, yeah, I don't know. What's he doing? He's not doing very good. Oh, all this grumbling going on. And people were actually putting rumors out there about who was going to be his successor. Come on, folks. Give him time. Okay, 41 points. He's in second place behind Man City. Pep Guardiola, of course, he's a a great coach, a player's coach. He knows how to communicate with his players. He knows how to get the job done. He knows what button to push. So um, these are two excellent coaches. But again, you've got that line drawn down the middle of Manchester, England, and uh, the people are taking sides. So Man City at 44 points, leading EPL, then Man U at 41. Liverpool with 40. Don't count Jurgen Klopp out by any stretch of the imagination. Leicester City at 39. West Ham, David Moyes, 35 points. They are now in fifth place, and they're just nine points out of first. Do not count out West Ham. You might say they're coming up on the rail, okay? West Ham is a team that's got talent. They've got a good coach in David, and things are looking really good for the Hammers. I would keep an eye on them, a close eye for sure. Tottenham right behind him at 33 points, and then Chelsea at 33 as well. Chelsea will get a good test this week when they will be taking on Tottenham, uh, and that unfortunately will not be on TV. Thomas Tuchel is going to find out real quick uh, what it's like to coach against Josie Mourinho. All right. Everton is at 33 points, Aston Villa at 32, and then Arsenal in 10th place at 31. But Arsenal uh, was undefeated the last five games, 3-0-2. So Mikel Arteta keeping his team there in the top 10 of the EPL. Okay, let's move south and look at the Bundesliga. And Bayern Munich, I should say Bundesliga. I don't want to apologize to my German friends for that mispronunciation. Let's say Bundesliga. And Bayern Munich at 45 points leading. They are starting to pull away somewhat from the group. RB Leipzig continues in second place with 38 points. And then Wolfsburg. Yes, Wolfsburg has moved into third place in the Bundesliga. This is an amazing thing. Uh, What Oliver Glasner is doing there at Wolfsburg is just incredible. Uh, He's got a great lineup. And, of course, by the way, I don't know if you all know this, there is an American on Wolfsburg who is really contributing to that back line. And that's John Brooks. John Brooks is playing lights out football defensively for Wolfsburg there in the Bundesliga. Eintracht Frankfurt at 33, Leverkusen at 32, Dortmund at 32. Yeah, Dortmund's kind of slipped off a little bit, but they're going to get turned around. I guarantee you, when you got guys like Reyna and Holland up front, you're going to get things turned around. So uh, just be patient with Dortmund. Mutchen Gladbach at 32. Um, Union Berlin at 29, SC Freiburg at 27, and Stuttgart at 25. Looking at France, Lille continues to lead the French League with 48. Great job there. Lyon, Lyon 46, PSG at 45. Monaco, last five, 5-0. Five yep, Monaco, 42 points. 
Rennes, 36. And how about the job Frederick Antonetti is doing at Mets? Just an incredible job. Uh, Mets, 3-0-2, last five games. They now have moved up to 34 points, and they're in sixth place. Longs at 34, Angers at 33, Marseille, 32, and Bordeaux at 32 rounds out the top 10. So nice race going on there in the French League. In the Spanish League, Atletico Madrid. My goodness, they are just playing lights-out football. 50 points to lead the Spanish League. Then Barcelona in second place at 40, followed by Real Madrid at 40 points as well. Then Sevilla with Julian Lupetegretti doing a great job there in Sevilla, 39 points. Villarreal, 35. Real Sociedad, 32. Granada, 29. And then Real Betis. Now, what did I tell you? when Manuel Pellegrini got hired at, at Real Betis, huh? Real Betis was kind of down in the table. They were kind of in the middle, right? I, I said, they're going to they're gonna be in the top 10, if not top five. During, and guess what? They've been in the top 10 now for about two or three weeks. Pellegrini has made a great job, a great change there at Real Betis and has gotten them up in the standings. So he's doing a really, really outstanding job there at Sevilla with Real Betis. Levante, with Paco Lopez at 26 points. Again, great job with Paco Lopez there. Levante, a very small payroll. Celta Vigo continues in 10th place at 25 points. Let's look at Italy. AC Milan and Inter Milan continue to go at it at the top. 46 points for AC Milan, Inter Milan 44. Paolo Fonseca with Rome, 40 points, third place. I'll tell you what, people in Rome have got to be happy right now, especially if you're a Roma fan. Juventus, 39, Napoli, 37, and oops, the other side of town, Lazio uh, in Rome, 37 points. So they're right there in Roma's back uh, rearview mirror, you might say. So uh, keep an eye on Lazio. Atalanta, 36. I watched Lazio and Atalanta play this past weekend. What a game Lazio played. Now, the thing about Lazio, <laughs> you get those guys out there on the field. Lazio is a team that does not stop. When that whistle blows, the foot goes on the accelerator, and the accelerator goes to the floor. It does not stop. And at the end of the game, then that's when the foot comes off the accelerator. And Atalanta could not keep up with Lazio. 3-1 was the game result there with Lazio winning in uh, in uh, Bergamo, uh, uh, Italy. Sassuolo, 31 points. Verona, 30. Verona doing a great job keeping in the top 10. And then Claudio Ranieri with Sampdoria. He's got them in the top 10. They're in 10th place at 26 points. Claudio Ranieri doing a great job there at Sampdoria. Okay, looking at now the uh, games coming up during the week. Wednesday, you got Bordeaux and Lille playing uh, on BN Sport at 1 o'clock Eastern time in the French League. That's going to be a great game. Uh, two excellent teams there with lots of talent. Then on Thursday, as I said, Thomas Tuchel gets his introduction to playing against Tottenham. Uh, that's no uh, TV in the USA, unfortunately, on that. But on Thursday, there is the FIFA World Cup of Clubs, which will be held in Qatar. Uh, that's on ESPN2. There's a double header beginning at 9 o'clock Eastern and then a game after that. And the first game is going to be Tigres of Mexico against Ulsan of South Korea. Should be a pretty good matchup. On Saturday, you've got a triple header on uh, BN Sport, three Spanish league games, 10-15, 12-30, and 3 o'clock Eastern. Then on Sunday at 3 Eastern, Real Betis and Barcelona. That will be a great game, BN Sport. Uh, again, that's a triple header on Sunday, but the third game is Real Betis hosting Barcelona on BN Sport. Club World Cup on uh, Sunday as well. That's at 10 o'clock Eastern time and 1 o'clock Eastern time. Fox Sports 1 is the first game. Fox Sports 2 is the second game. And then the Club World Cup continues on Monday from Qatar. Fox Sports 2, 
one o'clock Eastern time is when that game will be shown. That's what we got for kicks and dribbles this week. Merci beaucoup. Muchas gracias. Muito obrigado. Uh, Muito grazie. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Dan McClay. Lauren McClay is the technical producer of Kicks and Dribbles. John Dang handles our sound. And DC McClay is in our ideas department. Now, folks, keep washing your hands. Keep uh, social distancing. We're trying to get this thing uh, out of our lives. The vaccines are coming out. So hopefully this will help. And hopefully we can get things back to some sort of normalcy here in the next few months. But in the meantime, hand washing, social distancing. Very, very important. And oh, by the way, Don't let your life have too many yellow cards.